Hey everybody, how's it going? Frank Barry with Tithely coming to you live with another episode of Modern Church Leader. Uh, super excited about today's guest, uh, kind of a longtime friend uh, now for a couple of years uh, and really focused on uh, church planning in a certain part of the church. So we're going to talk all about church planning in a pandemic uh, and even coming out of pandemic. Um, but don't worry, if you're not just church planning, uh, we'll also touch on kind of resources for churches, uh, getting back, meeting together, uh, and kind of doing things in real life again. So with that said, let me bring in our guests. Mike, how's it going today? Hey, good, Frank. Good to good to see you too. We're both we're both rocking the Tidely swag today. Love there it. it. Is. Um, that's a special edition right there from the very first Tidely launch event. So love that. Thank you. <laughs> I was a part of it. So Man, it's uh, it's good to we talk all the time and see each other. We were just at the CMN conference. Um, what was it a month ago now? Probably yep. a little less. Um, but we've never had you on the show, so I'm I'm pumped to uh, talk about church planning. It's an honor, honestly, and uh, I've seen the show a bunch, so it's a it's a big honor, Frank. Appreciate what you and the Tidely family uh, do for church leaders and for churches all over. Uh, the world, actually. So thank you so much. And it's a yeah. real honor to be on. Oh, man, it's fantastic. Well, our partnership with the AG and with CMN and all the other things that come with it, even Convoy of Hope a little bit now. So um, it's been a fantastic uh, partnership. And just, you know, we've all become good buds, um, which has been yeah. awesome. So man, let's so you, why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself and what you do? Like, what's your job? Who do you work for? And what's the organization do? Yeah, good. So I am the director of funding and partnerships for a group called the Church Multiplication Network, which is the church multiplication and planting arm of the Assemblies of God. Assemblies of God is the fourth largest denomination in the world. It's the largest Pentecostal denomination in the world. And um, the, we, for short, we call it CMN, Church Multiplication yeah. Network. And so that's what CMN stands for. And CMN, along with other friends, church planning organizations, are, are, you know, around the country like ARC and the Sin Network. And, mm -hmm. you know, there are tons of other ones. And, and right. we're all good friends because we're all working for the same cause. We want to see church, new churches, healthy churches in every community, especially in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. And you guys have been how long has CMN been in existence? Uh, we were formed in 2008. Okay. So we've been around for a little bit. We've yeah. um, in in that time we have just surpassed four thousand five hundred new churches wow. since two thousand and eight. Wow. We've funded um, to the tune of nearly twenty million dollars to new churches, That's and uh, it's raised up thousands of leaders. You know, for every church plant nowadays. Uh, back in the day, we called it pioneering new churches, and sometimes that's because you went out all by yourself. But, <laughs> but nowadays, we, we don't teach to going out and doing it the Lone Ranger. We teach to a team. So you can imagine out of 4,500 churches that have been planted, how many thousands of team members are a part of that. Yeah. What, how many churches? So you said it's you launched in 2002? 2008. 2008. So 2008 to... That's 12, 13 years, yep. 4,500 churches. That's a lot of churches every year. It's a lot of churches. Well, yeah, so we we average about 300 churches a year. That's like 346 with the math yep. I just did. So that's and, incredible. 
you know, what's really interesting. I know today you wanted to talk about church planning during the pandemic. Yeah. And um, I, not a lot of people know this, but we still planted churches last year in 2020. In fact, we planted about 240 churches last year, man, in, in 2020 during right. the pandemic. Um, the churches looked a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> there, there weren't in-person launches, but um, uh, really we thank God for, you know, God still calling leaders to plant churches and still equipping people to plant churches. We st- we only missed one training last year. So we're we're pretty optimistic about the future. Yeah, that's amazing. So bef- before we let's kind of go take one quick step back. What does it normally look like to plant a church? Like give us the I don't know, the 2 minute overview of how CMN and and probably <laughs> presumably Arc and others all have a similar kind of model. I'm sure there's some differences on the edges, but just, just how does an organization like CMN help a church go plant? What does that look like? Yeah, well, it all starts with the leaders. So God calls the leaders. We don't. And so when God calls a leader and the, those leaders come to us, and, you know, every church planting organization, we essentially do three things. We equip, fund and network them with other church planners and in, in places. So when we equip them, we train them um, generally toward best practices of planting a church. Of course, best practices only come about after you've done something for a lot of time. And so we have we have best practices. We have, you know, when you come through a CMN launch training, you're going to get the 13 qualities, the 13, um, uh, really the 13 things that every church planner needs to launch strong. Now, we're a little bit different in some because we don't necessarily um, have a, a set template that you have to follow. We help people launch in a coffee shop. We help people launch online. They launch a campus and then they launch big box churches as well. So we do a little bit of all of that. So we equip them, we fund them. And so we're fortunate enough to be able to actually provide matching funds to our churches. Um, Not all of them take matching funds, but those that need it do. And so every church planning organization does that in some way, shape or form. And then we network them. And the network piece is really cool Mm -hmm. because like we're on this call right now because we have a relationship. If if we didn't like want to be around other people and want to network, we'd just all be doing things alone. But we you know this, Frank, uh, you've got a ministry background, even in Tidely. Now, you never do ministry alone. Don't do that. It's not it's not the right thing. You're going to, you know. If you do it alone, it burnout's sure going to happen because you have no one to lean on and lean into when you go through tough times. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that networking piece is. Yeah. And how long does it take to plant a church? Like, what's that? You know, is it a year? Is it two years? What's the lead up look like? It it just all depends. You know, we we have people that come in ready to go and they can plant. And as I've seen people plant in nine months. They train in they train in January. They launch in in September. It depends if you're going to do what we call parachute in. So it means like you've never lived in this location. Like you're right. in San Diego, Frank. Yeah. I've never lived in San Diego. Right, right. But if if I parachuted into San Diego and wanted to plant a church there, there's no way you would tell me, oh, you can do it in nine months. No, you'd say. It's going to depend where you live right. and you should live there for a while. You got to get to know the people. Um, and so all of that happens, that takes place. If somebody is from that area, they already live there. And for whatever reason, maybe the church 
their their church that they're a part of is launching another campus that can happen fast but right. nine months to about two years yeah I, I, it feels like if a church is already in an area and they're growing and they're going to launch another campus or do a plant kind of out of a church, that's almost a different ball game. Like, because absolutely, there's, there's kind of support and I'm sure training and, and resourcing and there's a network already there. And maybe some of the people go to the, the new plant. Like, you know, there's a lot of mechanics there. It's much different if you're just starting something brand new like you're you're either parachuting in or even potentially maybe you live there but you're starting a new church somewhere else like in another community of the area kind of thing like that depends on the context yeah yeah yeah, we say that all the time it just depends on the context and you guys provide a lot of training like leading up to in this in this six or nine or 12 or 24 month period like there's a lot of training like i've been at one that you held in san diego yeah Um, so Talk a little bit about the training that people get. Yeah, our training is about a three-day event. You come, you we go through all of the teaching sessions, and um, you're assigned a coach. That coach walks with you all the way until you launch, and then you're a part of the network at that point. Uh, so it's a it's a it's really a great thing. Last year, we saw um, so we launched 240 churches last year, but we trained about 250 brand new, what we call them projects, because every project is comprised of a group of leaders. Mm -hmm. And so we trained about 250 projects. So that's how, that's basically how we know what's coming in the church, in church planning for the next year. Right. To see how many people have trained through that. Yeah. So they're awesome trainings. Yeah. That's, and let me just, let me just say, if, if anybody's watching today and you feel like God's possibly calling you if you've thought about planting a church before feel free to reach out to us churchmultiplication.net and listen you don't have to be a part of the assemblies of god you don't have to be you can be from you know any variety of faith you know background we'll point you in the right direction because we want to see we want to see god's kingdom grow and multiply here's what's really interesting frank if you look across all denominations which i know you guys have got a big following yeah um yeah. We have to do a better job in the church at planting new churches. On average, about 4,000 churches a year across the U.S. close every year. If you take all the church planting organizations and denominations and add up how we're doing, pre-pandemic, we're only opening about 4,000 churches a year. So it's it's net even, you know, at the end of the day. And right. we've got to grow. We've got to, you know, keep finding new communities. There are 15,000 to 20,000 communities in the U.S. that have no church whatsoever. A lot of people don't know that. You think, oh, there's a church on every on everything. But there are small, yeah. rural, there are small rural communities, no church whatsoever. You know, so we've got to we have to keep doing a better job. At that. Yeah. We've all got to work together. Look, we got people. I just saw a note. Where did this go? Um, Mark Penman tuning in from Glasgow, Scotland. So we got people from all over Amazing. the place. Uh, so um, by the way, uh, hi to Mark. And I would love to know, there's a bunch of people watching. So let us know if you've planted a church, right? If you are a church planter, or if you're thinking about planting a church, like we'd just love to know um, what's on your heart and kind of who's tuning in, kind of who's engaging with this, with this session. So pop it in the comments um, while we're chatting here. So Mike, talk to us a little bit about, uh, like planting during COVID, you planted 240, 250 churches clearly before COVID, you know, I'm sure it was, 
you're you're renting schools, you're finding different facilities, and these plants are happening. Maybe it's in people's homes, things like that. But then COVID hits. How did you guys adjust and plant 240 churches during the pandemic when everything was shut down? We learned a lot of lessons, Frank, and I think I think everyone that has a hand in the church succeeding um, learned a lot of lessons through COVID. You know, um, a lot of our churches launch portably. They set up and tear down each and every week. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden schools closed. We meet in school. My, the church I've been going to for years, we meet in schools and, and listen, we, we recommend schools and theaters um, for people to launch in yep. um, portably because we don't we don't recommend people buy buildings when they when they first start. Right. So launch portably and go after a school, go after um, a, a theater in town. Well, Frank, theaters and schools closed. Yep. So what are you going to do? You can't meet. Um, so everyone started scrambling. And I think the first lesson that we learned that we hadn't done before, it was a part of our training, but now it's like the first part of our training. And that is um, innovation and digital tools. Everyone made a mad dash. They paused what they were doing and they made a mad dash um, for to set up streaming services. Yeah. Streaming from their living rooms, streaming from um, wherever space they could find. They started streaming. Well, Frank, we never taught to that in our training. We never taught it. We we didn't. I mean, we could tell we could point people in the right direction yeah. about who to talk like to. A- it was kind of an afterthought, like, hey, we got some resources. You can go check this out. But it wasn't the the main digital point. tools and online services were an afterthought. They're the first thought now. Yeah. They have to be because it insulates you from this. The, the reality is COVID's probably not the last global pandemic we're ever going to have. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Right. And so it, we were amazed at how many churches did were not set up to navigate through this. Yeah. We thought everyone was doing it. No, a lot of times it was an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, so I think one of the things that's interesting, I get this question a lot, Mike, um, how many churches closed during the pandemic because of finances? Mm. I get that question all the time. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting is the sin network, which is the sort of the Southern Baptist arm of church planning. They're good friends of ours. Um, them and a, a couple of other church planning organizations did a broad survey about how many people, how many churches would close. And only about 6% out of about 1600 churches surveyed only about 6% um, said that they might have to close because of the pandemic. And, and I would say that's probably, that is true for us. Like we didn't have a lot of churches closed. It's really interesting that, the, the faithful givers that were there kept giving. Yeah. They did have to innovate. They had to talk to their people more. Um, when they're streaming a service, you have to, you have to talk about how to give online a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not just at the end, you got to talk about it at the beginning, the middle and the end of service. <clears throat> um, just as an aside, just a, a funny comment in that same survey, there was, um, there was this this report that seven percent of all the churches surveyed um, met r- stiff resistance as it um, as it related to churches using technology and implementing technology more. Seven percent. Mm-hmm. Now, 
if if you've done research in the church world before, seven um, percent is a very interesting number because whenever it comes up, we always laugh about it because seven percent of Americans also believe that the moon landing was not real. So we we always like to say if seven percent shows up on something, it's just. 7% of people are always going to be against something or, yeah, or not yeah. believe it. Right, it's gonna, right. Yeah. It's they're going to be the, So They're going to take the counter counter argument to everything. That's right. But I think what's interesting about that is I think people adopted it and you know, the majority of people adopted it because it's the way of life now. So yeah. we saw people innovate um, before the pandemic. We were, I mean, we had hit 400 churches opening in one year. I mean, the reality is it did slow us down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. that's the reality. Um, but like last year I went to several online launches. So what we happen, what would happen traditionally is you launch in person first mm-hmm. and then later down in your life cycle, you would have an online campus or do something like that, or you might right. stream online. What was happening in this, in last year, people were launching online and figuring out how to gather, if they could, gather in smaller groups later. Right. Like meet at the park or maybe meet in the backyard. Barbecue, Absolutely. That kind of stuff, yeah. Yep. Or <clears throat> meet in someone's home with masks, you know, right. groups of four or five. Yeah. What's interesting is I interviewed a church planter named Tyler Hagen. Uh, uh, we did yesterday. And what's interesting is they're still closed down. He's in Oakland, California. And uh, they're still doing online services. They're, they've started meeting again a little bit. But what he said, he said something very interesting. This is kind of our second lesson. He said, yes, we, we did innovate. We got everything up and running. All the digital tools were running, but we still couldn't meet in person. And that was holding them back. But he said, what we lost in in-person meetings, we gained in discipleship ground. Mm-hmm. He said, so we might only be two years old but we're like a 10 year old church as it relates to discipleship because we were able to, he said we were able to meet with our people via zoom um, online meetings, all of these, they were leaning into discipleship. I heard many, many pastors say, well, we're going to care for the people we had. Every, every congregation member got a phone call uh, from, from a pastor on staff. They checked on them. So discipleship actually went up. I mean, in-person gatherings went down for sure, but discipleship uh, went up. We're we're pleased with that. We're yeah. pleased with that. How how did people? Um, Matt Plot asked the question, um, which is kind of on my mind too. How did these church plants build the awareness? Like, because usually you'll have like a launch day, and there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> you know promotion and marketing and outreach and community engagement that goes on right for the launch. Cause you're, you're building yeah. up towards this big launch. How did churches launch digitally and, and how did they build that momentum um, kind of in an online environment? A lot of social media push. And, and we would do, we kind of started thinking we, okay. So some churches would do what in before COVID pre COVID we would do soft launches and hard launches. Another way to say hard launch would be like your grand opening. Well, we added a third, we added a third phase and that third phase is an online launch. So 
we would the first before your soft launch would be an online launch. Okay. So we we've had a guy down in Texas, for example, in San Antonio. His online launch lasted a year before he did a soft launch, and now he's done a hard launch. Okay. So he looked at the online launch as a way of of building um, building the team, building community, mm-hmm. and so they would do things like whoever engaged with them on social media became their pool of people that they would start marketing to. Right. They would do things like prayer campaigns. Hey, and then they would boost they would boost their social media footprint in their in their area. And for example, if they did an outreach for prayer, so instead of going and handing out water bottles at a community run or a jog or something like that, I've we saw some people doing prayer campaigns where, hey, we're here to pray for you. Submit a prayer request. Here's a quick little form. And man, they've got a couple hundred people doing that in the community and they would reach out to them. And that's how they did that. It it was hard. I mean, it's not... It's new. It's like going going to the gym, and you never worked out before, and you got to go. It's That's all right. brand but, new, right? You got to figure it out. But word of mouth was still there. Yeah. So it's if you had a core team before COVID, before it launched, then you could spread it. And a lot of times, it was the core team members. Uh, we have a. This is not a. This is not something that we, um, you know, write about a lot. But generally speaking, we say for every core team member you have they should be bringing three people to your church for every core team member. So what we talk about is growing that core team. So we did see that the, the larger the core team, the larger the launch would be. Now there were some parts of the country though, Frank, that were still doing in-person launches. We went to two last year that had between three and 400 people out on their launch day. That's crazy. I I just want to, comment real quick. I love you. You kind of went through it, but this using social media, using the internet, and you mentioned somehow somebody came up with the idea of like, do a prayer request and you create like a simple form on, you know, if you, if you're a Tidely customer, you can create it on the Tidely products, but you could also just create a, like a type form or a Google form or something really basic. And you've got this submit your prayer request form. And then you maybe post that on Facebook and then put yep. a little bit of advertising money behind it um, to boost your posts on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and some other places. And it's just a simple like, Hey, if you need prayer today, submit this form, let us know what you want us to pray about. Um, and you're running those ads just to your target area. So just your, you, you know, your couple of zip codes or something like that. Um, so I think that's a really clever way to like run ads and you know connect with people if they submit it you know there are probably people that are searching for faith or maybe they're christians that haven't found a home like you know like there's just all kinds of things that might come in but what a great way to kind of capture names and emails of people in your community for your digital outreach um i'll give you i wanted to highlight that i think that was a great idea i'll give you another one we still had churches doing meet the pastor nights and it was just on zoom yeah. We saw several pastors of new churches saying, hey, we're going to have a meet the pastor, a Q&A with the pastor, mm-hmm. bring your friends, invite. Here's the Zoom link, invite them. There's some funny stories, too, with that, because sometimes these Zoom links that are like you can join if you have the link, <laughs> they would get like these trolls in there. And they oh, would start. I, especially <laughs> if they're posting it on social media and it's, yeah. you know. 
But, uh, you know, for the most part, it went well. But again, it was using technology not as an end in of itself. It's just a means. Yeah. So and we all that's that's what we gathered from 2020 is you've got to use this as a way to um, to gather the people to still invest in them relationally. It's very, very important. Yeah. So let's spend a few minutes um, kind of here at the end. What What's it going to look like this year, especially, I don't know, maybe mid-year vaccines are rolled out. You know, we've we've hit this kind of critical mass and things are reopening over, you know, over the next few months. Right. As that starts to happen, how are you guys going to take your learnings from the pandemic and kind of what that taught you and what's it going to look like going into, you know, mid 2021 and beyond? Uh, well, what's interesting is now we teach to digital first online. You that is a part of the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's not the icing on the cake. It's a part of the infrastructure. So, I mean, Tithely has been an incredible partner for all of our church planners. Yeah. Our church planners hand. I mean, just always they go with Tithely because we, they can get a website. Yeah. They can get messaging, they can get giving, and they can get an app. And nowadays, the, there's there's this little thing that Tidely Apps has that I just love. You can forward you, the app to someone in your contact list if you have their phone number. Uh, Share yeah. this app. Right. I, I'm telling you, Frank, I don't know <laughs> what y'all are doing over there and who's cooking up all this stuff. But think about it. The people in my phone are the people I'm close to. Right. So if I'm launching a church and I'm am I out in the community, I'm getting someone's phone number. Hey, let me just share with you a little bit about my church. You can see it on my app. Yes. It's not going to cost you anything, whatever. You just download it right. and it's great. And they can see any video I post. They can I can create a welcome video to my church right. and I can send them that app and it's right there. Yeah, it, it's can, awesome. Yeah, that's a, such a good idea, too, because you could create your app in such a way, especially if you're doing a church plant like where right when you open it, it's kind of really focused on that new person. Yes. So welcome video, a little bit about us, where we're going to meet. Like you could just really tailor. Yeah. And you can basically go like, Hey, launch team. One of your tools for outreach is just to share the app via sending a text message to a friend or to a contact, just share the app because as soon as somebody downloads it, they're going to kind of get the welcome and they're going to meet some of the team. That's right. Gonna get that experience right there. That's a cool, that's another really cool idea. So it's just ways that our church planners are taking what you guys do at Tidely and we're sort of manipulating it for our own purposes. Because yeah. yeah. I, I know the heart of Tidely, I mean, the apps are so robust. I, I realize that 80% of it is really for members, for people that are bought into the church. I get that. But when you're forced into quarantine and you can't meet being able to text somebody something like that is um it's sort of it it lets people know that you're serious about this church plant this is not just a group of people meeting in my basement or something you know this is like a legit thing and it's sharp it's professional so that's one of the things we do and i think moving moving ahead we're planning on a, a a really strong fall i think a lot of people have kicked that we, we call it kicking the can down the road. I mean, they were planning on launching fall of last year and they're, they've pushed it back to 2021. Yeah. And so we're pretty optimistic. 
you know, I'm not sure that we'll be back where we were pre-COVID, but um, the numbers are coming back. We're, we're very happy about it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, I, so I just got to throw this on screen. There's, there's tons of great comments. Thanks, guys, for just your participation today, for everyone watching. Um, but here's a cool one. Mark Becker, been a church plant for two years now, and we've seen growth over COVID. Tithely is how we handle everything. So yep. love that. Love that, Mark. <laughs> um, both the growth and the plant and the fact that you're a Tithely customer. Uh, it's a great story. So Mike, just before we wrap up, where can folks go that are looking for additional resources? They're thinking about planting, or maybe they're just a, a small church looking to grow. Like you guys have a ton of great resources. Where can folks go? Well, let me just talk. First of all, if you want to plant a church and you and, and you want our help, uh, it's a very easy uh, website. I want to plant a church dot com. I want to plant a church dot com. There's a quick five question survey nice. and um, it, it will send you right to us. It'll let us know what kind of church you're thinking about planting or maybe what God's put in your heart. I want to plant a church dot com and that'll send you right to us. I also have to say, um, you know, while I'm on Frank and we're we're kind of closing up here. Thank you to Tithely for all of the great resources and the generosity toward our church planters. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You're helping expand the kingdom. So thank you and the whole Tithely family. Uh, amen. Um, and hey, just another quick comment. Great insight. Really appreciate the comments. Yeah, that's great, Paul. House Church in San Fran, 100% <laughs> online presence. Um, very cool. Uh, and shout out, I happen to know Paul very well. Um, good buddy of mine. So guys, this has been great. Mike, thank you so much for sharing just a little bit. Um, everybody watching live, uh, again, give Mike some love, say, say thanks in the comments, give the show a like, and, uh, Mike will send as many people over to the church multiplication network as we can. Thank you so much, Frank. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, bro.